and welcome to Over 40 with the Shorty, the podcast. I am T.L. Brown, founder and head mama in charge at Over 40 with the Shorty. And I am back today for episode number seven. I am so honored, so privileged, so thankful to be at this. And this is going to be my seventh episode. And I am having a whole lot of fun along the way. And I hope that you all are too. I am so glad that you are listening. I'm so glad to have your feedback. So I just wanted to say, as always, thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your time with me as I share about my journey in and through motherhood in uh, my my 40s. I'm not going to say which end of my 40s, but in my 40s. Um, but y'all know how we do this. I'll give you a quick recap of what we talked about in episode six. So in episode six, you may still be kind of laughing and giggling about some of the stuff that my uh, shorty shared as he was sitting beside me in the co-pilot seat. And uh, we did our own round of 20 questions, give or take a few. Um, I know he had some for me on the spot. I had some for him on the spot. And truly, you guys got an opportunity to see his personality shine through. That is all him, totally him, full of questions, great conversation. And yes, I wanted you all to be able to just see this smart young man, this loving individual that uh, I'm so fondly talking about in all of these episodes. And I wanted you to see firsthand, you know, what our conversations look like. Um, but as we think about episode seven and, and what I'm going to share with you in episode seven, I know that you guys are probably working on what back to school looks like. I know that, you know, either indirectly or directly, you know, there are going to be some changes that happen in your space for your shorties as you guys are gearing up for fall and just figuring out how that and what that looks like. Um, it is certainly the topic of discussion. I've been calling it the great debate around education um, in our country as of late. Um, and, you know, it's, it's still a challenge for us as we are still in the thick of this pandemic. And, you know, we had a time trying to adjust in the springtime. I'm sure you guys remember when the kids were, you know, brought out of school very quickly. Well, now that we've had a couple of months, you know, under our belt and we're still dealing with the pandemic. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this time around because there are lots of options, apparently, for how we will um send our kids to school, how we will educate them either from home in a virtual setting, or if some of them may uh, actually have the opportunity and option to actually be sitting in the classroom with other students and their teachers. So I just thought I'd spend some time in episode seven, you know, just kind of sharing with you what I've learned and sharing with you some fun tips and fun tricks and tips of things that you guys can try. Ooh, I almost got tongue-tied just then. Um, of things that you can try to make it fun for your shorties. And I just wanted to share them with you. So if you would, grab your own pencils, grab your own pens and papers, and get ready to jot down some ideas that, you know, might spring up as I am talking about some of this stuff. Just wanted to give you some food for thought and wanted to share with you how I'm choosing to make lemonade out of what many people have called lemons that stem from the coronavirus. So without further ado, as always, y'all, welcome and thank you for joining me on Over 40 with the Shorty, the podcast. Let's get started. Education. Go 
So here we are. It is August and we're singing, or I know I am. How did we get here? Y'all know that song. I'm not going to sing it, even though I'm really tempted to, but I'm going to let Deborah Cox have it. But how did we get here? Like, seriously, it has been, gosh, we, we have been home and out of like a school, traditional school environment since March, mid-March. And I mean, I know you guys remember because I know everybody that I've talked to has their own story of what happened. But in mid-March of this year, we all pulled our kiddos out of school. We, you know, figured out our makeshift plans on how they would finish the school year and what kind of things were they starting on and the lessons that, you know, they were just starting to grasp. And the virus hit and we had no choice. We had to figure it out in the moment. We had to learn on the job what, you know, homeschooling would look like, what virtually learning would look like. And now that we're in August and fall school term is is right around the corner. And for some of you guys, you may have already had your shorty start, but mine has another week to go before he actually starts. You know, I've just been putting a whole lot of thought into how this will be different than it was in the spring. I've been trying really hard to be prepared. Um, I have, you know, done a whole lot of research. And I know you guys are constantly hearing on the news, just like I am, this great debate about do we send our kids back to school in person or do we figure out how to make it work virtually online in some type of, you know, homeschooling format. And I promise you, this has been one of the things that as I've been reading and as I've been talking to other moms, other parents in the same scenario, it's been giving folks a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. And not just the parents. I've been talking to teachers, too, and they have similar worries and, you know, not wanting to be in an environment where they could potentially bring home um, this illness, this disease of COVID-19 back to their own families. And so it's not easy. Like, to be on the receiving end and having to actually be in the trenches of figuring out how to make this work. And there's some really tough choices that a lot of us are having to make. And I just, you know, for me, I know that there are, there are going to be differences in, in how we all move forward. But at the same time, and at the very end of the day, what I think we should all really be focused on is our shorties and what all of this means to our shorties. But I just have been amazed at just how much talk, how much banter has been going on from the state level to the federal governmental level, um, the school districts, what some of the educational professionals are saying. And it led me to start doing some research because there is a lot of unrest in a lot of various areas in the grand old U.S. of A. these days, and education is just one of them. Um, you know, I've heard so many people talk about the argument for going back to school and being in the brick and mortar and, you know, going back into the schoolhouses and, and just sitting there and getting that in-person instruction. And I get it, y'all. I mean, that is business as usual for us. Like, I understand it. I really do. I don't think that there is, um, you know, any other way. And I'm sure that things vary by by individual and by child and by circumstance. But for the most part, by and large, you know, most of us went to school in person and we sat with a teacher who was able to develop a rapport with us and who was able to teach us the things in front of a classroom and, and in front of our peers. And we were able to make those friendships and they are certainly important. But I, all I can say is none of us have seen in our lifetimes, you know, uh, a situation like what we have right now. I mean, COVID-19 and just 
the impact that it has had on so many industries, so many families, so many people. And now as we're really looking back to, you know, going to school and getting that routine started, it's it's largely impacting how we approach going back to school. Um, you know, I've just been throughout, you know, putting the podcast together and just because I am just very much so interested and in, in wanting to make sure that we're making the best choices for my shorty. I have been reading and finding, you know, sources of what I call reputable information um, that kind of just help inform the decisions that we've been making. I have been a recent follower, a frequent follower of the Center for Disease Control and tuning into their website and listening to, you know, some of the material and reading through some of it that they've put out as of late as it relates to kids specifically going back to school and in an in-person environment. And I've pulled out some things that I wanted to share with you guys in the podcast. And if you all allow me a few minutes, let me just kind of run through some of the things that I found interesting of, you know, information that they posted maybe within the last two weeks. And I quote y'all, here we go. No other setting has more influence on a child's health and well-being than their school. The in-person school environment does the following. It provides educational instruction. It supports the development of social and emotional skills. You know, our kids do need to assimilate with other kids. I get it. School is also shown to create a safe haven or a safe environment perceptually uh, for those learning and and for their well-being. Um, School also addresses the nutritional needs for children, and it also facilitates physical activity. I mean, I know firsthand that our kids definitely have to stay active, and I've been encouraging my shorty to stay active, even though he's not, you know, with his normal group of friends and he's not interacting with his t-ball league or playing soccer right now because of the pandemic. I've certainly just been trying to find ways for us all to be to remain physically active. And so the CDC also supports that, y'all. I mean, they went on further to say, you know, just how how impactful being in, being in school, in person, um, and what that means to just like the psychological development of our kids. Um, I read some more um, reports that also shared that, you know, f- all parents, unfortunately, are not able, you know, to stay home with their kids and work from home. And That just means if that is the case and if a school district is suggesting that we do virtual learning for our shorties, then you know what? What's going to happen in that situation where the parent can't stay at home with the kids and the kids actually are out of school and having to figure out ways of teaching themselves or being somewhere where they can make sure that they're staying on task and keeping up to speed and up to date with the lessons that are being prepared for them. And so you know, I, I I have given a whole lot of thought and, and my heart goes out strongly to those folks that, you know, don't have the ability to stay home. And let's face it, all scenarios at home aren't the same. I mean, you have issues, I'm sure, with people not having the proper internet connectivity that, you know, some folks may have. There might not be enough space um, in some individuals and some parents and children's homes where they can have their own little piece where they can, you know, get their lessons and learn and, and be able to ask questions and be able to be a little rowdy if they need to be. All home environments will not be created equal. And I think that's where I struggle a bit as we are, you know, figuring out and as I hear the people figuring out this whole school scenario for the 2021 school year. And it, it makes me sad. I mean, I am I'm I'm thankful. I, I'm blessed that I can work from home and I'm blessed that we have a village of folks that can, you know, help my shorty along the way. But I I tell you, we don't 
know um, per se how everyone else's scenario is. And it's just something to think about. I know that, you know, yes, you, you and me, and we're all very much concerned with our own, but I, my heart also thinks about those that don't have or are not as fortunate to be in the scenario where they can adapt and pivot um, in this space. Um, as I continued reading through just some of the material on the CDC website, I also found some other things um, that I pulled out that I wanted to share with y'all. And I'm going to read a little bit of it as well. The harms attributed to closed schools on the social, emotional, and behavioral health, economic well-being, and academic achievement of children in both short and long term are well known and significant. Further, the lack of in-person educational options disproportionately harms low-income and minority children and those living with disabilities. These students are far less likely to have access to private instruction and care, and far more likely to rely on key school-supported resources like food programs, special education services, counseling, and after-school programs to meet their basic developmental needs. I mean, I, I've given a whole lot of thought to that. I've started praying about it as well, because I, I know that the things that are being shared, the arguments that are in support of our kids going back to in-person school, I know a lot of that is founded in just a lot of truth. And I know that is the reality for so many. And it just makes me, you know, I am very concerned. I'm not just concerned for my own, but I'm concerned across the board for what that means for our kids. So then I started digging a little bit deeper. I mean, I left the CDC website and of course you guys know how this goes. You start researching one thing and you go down the rabbit hole and find a whole, you know, another segment of things that you didn't know about or that you start researching and start educating yourself about. But I found another study that started correlating um, what remote learning looks like and, and the effects of remote learning. And it basically was saying that remote learning and the effects of what happens, you know, um, when kids are not in school is very much similar to what happens when our shorties are taking their breaks during the summer, in a normal summer, um, and they're not in front of their, their classrooms and they're not with their teachers, you know, on a regular day-to-day -day basis. And so basically what they're saying is, Think about remote learning in that in that perspective. Think about the fact that, you know what, over the summer, you know how our kids get a little bit rusty and they forget some things. And I even read that they call that the summer slide, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but the summer slide refers to the fact that, you know, as your academic progress slows down over the course of the summer, over the course of a month or two of not being in person and being with your peers and being with your teachers. Um, you know, just think about how you start to tend, how you tend to lose some of those skills. Um, it said, for example, that consider this, during the summer following the third grade, students lose nearly 20% of their school year gains in the areas of reading and 27% of their school year gains in the area of mathematics. 20% and 20%, 27% are lost over the summer. 
And that's just, you know, on the average for a third grader, the study found. But we're talking about months on months on months on end of in-person learning not being available to our, our kids. And so I don't know, that's something certainly to be considering and something to be concerned about. And the study also showed that uh, more astoundingly, by the summer after the seventh grade, students lose on average 39% of their school year gains in reading and 50% in their school year gains in math. And if that is any indication of, you know, just how difficult, how much of a challenge it's going to be with our kids being away from in-person learning, then yes, I'm hoping you all are choosing to join with me in praying, not just for your own, but praying for kids across the U.S., across the globe that are outside of their normal ways of learning. I mean, certainly this is going to have an impact on just the development of our kids. And, and I just want to make sure that we're all giving it some thought and just not trying to resume our normal way of life because it's no longer our normal way. Like there is nothing normal about this. And I just want to make sure that you guys are prepared. And that's why I've, you know, taken upon myself to share some of the things that I'm hoping to implement as the school year gets underway. So yeah, don't let those numbers scare you, but certainly I just wanted to bring to your attention and help you to understand what some of the stuff means. And, you know, quite honestly, the bottom line of all of this is that, you know what, there is no substitute. And I'll say it again, I, I have no problem in being for the argument of returning to school. Being in person, going to school every day, being with your peers, being with your teachers, and actually sitting in the brick and mortar school, to me, in my opinion, there is no substitute for that. But I say that only in saying that is under what used to be normal circumstances. And you guys all know that these are unprecedented times and there is nothing normal, nothing at all that is normal about you know, the pandemic and the far-reaching impacts and effects that it has had on our society, it has had on our individual families and our country as a whole and the globe as a whole, the world as a whole. And so, yeah, there's nothing normal about it. So while, yes, that would be my preference um, to have our shorties back in school and, and learning together and learning with the teacher and that teacher building a rapport and then developing that sense of understanding and awareness of, you know, how students thrive and how students in, and, and in particular class thrive and, and what makes things click for them. That's not our new norm. And so, yeah, I, uh, I certainly understand the argument for in-person school, but I also, on the other end of the spectrum, understand the need for and the rationale behind a lot of us parents who want to have their kids learn virtually, want to learn remotely and have them be at home for the first part of the school year. And so I'll share the opposite end of that um, argument with you guys in just a second. I'll be right back. In an ideal scenario, yes, our kids would go to school and they would maintain the appropriate distance from one another and, and they would maintain um, the appropriate social distancings in the, in the hallways and in the classrooms and they would wear masks and they would wear them faithfully and properly over their nose and not under their nose or hanging off their ears as I've seen people do. But there is just not a whole lot um, that we can count on or rely on that all of that would be the perfect scenario and all of that would happen every single time in every single school to keep our kids safe. And so 
with that being our reality and us knowing that, of course, if we do send them to school and they are, you know, ideally socially distanced and they have smaller classroom size with um, smaller number of kids in each classroom, yeah, that's going to take more resources, meaning more teachers. And that's also going to mean that it's going to be a little more expensive for that to happen. And we all know um, that in a school district, most teachers aren't being paid well. And we know that a lot of times resources aren't readily available because of lack of funds. So can you imagine what that means um, if those funds and finances and resources aren't available um, in a normal scenario, what that would look like in this COVID-19 scenario? Um, you know, there's just lots of rationale on both sides of the fence. And, and sad to say that this is a topic of debate in our country about, you know, just how we're handling and choosing, you know, what school looks like in the fall. And, and there is no easy answer. Um, at the end of the day, like I said a moment ago, I just feel like, you know, it's going to come down to, and probably has already come down to, parents being the primary decision makers and figuring out what works best for them and their families. And I mean, there is no fault in that, y'all. And one thing that I have been learning and hearing just little bits and pieces of is that there is a lot of parent shaming, a lot of mama shaming going on, especially in this space about sending our kids, sending our shorties back to school in person or whether or not we're doing them some type of harm by having them stay at home and learn virtually or undergo some type of homeschooling program. And what I will say is let's just not pass judgment on each other. Let's not pass judgment on somebody who is choosing to make a schooling decision that differs from what the decision is that you have made for you and yours. And so we have no right. No one has any right to judge you in that space. And I just have been reading that there's a lot of shaming that's happening. And I would encourage you all to just step back and just, you know what, instead of judging them, how about pray for them? How about, you know, find ways to encourage them and just be understanding and recognize that there is not a one size fits all in this scenario. And none of us will ever parent perfectly. And y'all remember that. I mean, none of us are perfect parents in a regular you know, normal routine. So certainly none of us are going to be perfect in these COVID-19 days. Not now, not ever will we always make the right decision every single time. So as I often say, give each other some grace, give yourself some grace and just stand by the decision that you're making and then be all in to make sure that your student, your shorty gets the best possible scenario of education and schooling um, that is possible in these days and times. So I've shared with you guys the pros and cons of both sides of the fence for those who are in favor of returning to an in-person uh, school scenario for our shorties. And then for those who are completely opposed and want to have their kids remain at home in some type of virtual or distant learning, some type of homeschooling scenario. And I thought it would be only befitting to just, you know, be explicit and share with you guys where we landed um, along this spectrum of the great debate about schooling for fall 2021. Um, and so, yeah, as for me and mine, we're going to be here at the house learning from home. And, you know, like I said, it is a personal decision, a, a choice that we're all going to have to make. But I will share what was unique about this, or I guess the extra special opportunity, um, as I like to call them, instead of challenges that we had um, with school and, and how and what that would look like for us this fall is the fact that we were already planning um, to have my shorty go to, you know, a new school um, come fall. And typically along with finding a new school or switching schools, you know, you do the whole school tour and you would meet some of the 
teachers and you, you know, kind of see the school in action. But when the virus hit in March and it has continued to spread and continue to um, leak over into the latter part of the summer, there hasn't been a school open that we've actually been able to see it in action. And so, of course, you know, that means having to put a whole lot of trust in, you know, people that you know and research, research and just resources that you may have of other people who have their own kids going to one school versus another. Or if you know a little bit about the curriculum, can you share? what that looks like. So yes, it has been a little bit of a challenge um, from that perspective as to, you know, picking a school. And I've done a great deal of research. I've had a lot of phone calls. I've chatted up a lot of mamas inside and outside of my circles and just have been praying about making the right decision for schooling for my shorty for this year. And I'm just relieved at this point to have landed on um, a schooling option for him. He um, will be attending a new school, yes, and um, they have decided that their students will be attending school virtually um, starting in, I guess, two weeks. Um, but yeah, it's just a little bit different. And I guess as things progress, we'll continue to monitor to see how things are in the state, see how things are going in the district, see what things they're learning from other schools have start, who have started in-person learning, and then they'll make the decision as to when um, it will be best and appropriate to return to a brick and mortar in-person school scenario. So yes, um, I am excited about the school year. I'm excited about the opportunity of, you know, just what this remote learning situation and what the curriculum will look like. And I'm just completely blessed and, and so thankful to be able to have the opportunity to continue working from home so that I can kind of help ease into this transition and watch what he's learning. And um, the way his school in particular is set up is that they will have a teacher who will be facilitating through a Zoom-like format um, throughout the day. And they'll have, you know, different segments, different pods, different units of, of curriculum that they'll be going through throughout the day. And so I'm, I'm thankful to have found that. I'm thankful that yeah, I was led to uh, this particular school and I'm just ever hopeful and, and will remain prayerful for all of our kids um, as we start the school year. get into the fun stuff about back to school. I mean, yes, this is not our typical back to school scenario, but I think one of the things that I've been looking forward to the most is just thinking about how do I make this fun? How do I make it special? And I've been thinking about, all right, well, let's talk about or let's think about the approach that'll help shape the way your shorty is perceiving this whole back to school scenario, especially in, in these days and times. And so, you know, I've typically done the, you know, back to school pictures, that kind of thing. But this year, I'm, I'm thinking that I needed to kick it up a notch because there's just been such a blend in our days of just seemingly they run one into the other. And so I thought it would be, you know, purposeful and I thought it would be impactful if, you know, I made some definitive things that we're going to try and do as we bring the summer to a close. And then we look forward to what we have going on as far as in person, or excuse me, as far as virtual learning um, for my shorty. And so one of the things that I said that we would do is just make it a celebration. So we're going to on um you know, my end, we're going to celebrate the end of summer and make it, you know, a clear marked, 
hey, you know what? We've had a fun time this summer, but truly making it a point to mark the end of summer. We're going to get outside, you know, and have our sprinkler day. And we're going to, you know, do some outdoor projects because I've got a few more left up my sleeve. We're actually going to build a wooden birdhouse. Um, and we're going to do some more of the pine cone feeders um, that we have done earlier in the summer. We're going to do those types of things. We're going to bring out the bubble machine. We're going to do a bike wash, kind of like a car wash, but for our bikes. Um, we're going to have popsicles. We're going to grill out on the porch. We're going to have some music in the backyard, the whole nine yards. And that's just what we've been doing throughout the summer, um, in, especially in these COVID-19 coronavirus days. And so we've just been trying to do little things like that. So we're definitely going to have one more big bash um, sometime this week that just kind of caps off the summer and certainly puts a, a period on the end. And hopefully that'll make that mental shift that is needed um, that we are now getting back into our routine and figuring out what it will look like for schooling this fall. And in addition to the outdoor stuff that, you know, we're going to do, there's some indoor things to y'all that, you know, I would like to see us do. And I, I'm going to certainly try and, and get it all in this week as well. But I found a cool little teepee um, that we're going to put together. It's kind of more like a tent, but it's a teepee. Um, and I'm planning to put it in his room so that he can use it as his own little play space, separate from his school space, separate from his bedroom space. And I just think it'll be a cool spot where he can play with all of his Avenger action figures and all of his dinosaurs, and they can go in and out of the teepee. So, you know, knowing me, this I'll, I'll try and weave in some type of history lesson too as we're building this teepee. Um, and just give him, you know, hey, what these were used for, um, a little bit about Native Americans, that sort of thing. So I'm always finding a way to use a scenario to find a lesson or, or teach him something new. And so certainly that'll be an opportunity um, to do so in, the, in this scenario. Um, one of the other things that I'll say, you know, as we are celebrating the end of summer, um, we'll start in our conversations day to day, just talking a little bit more about what back to school looks like. And I'll start easing up the bed hour a little bit and making him get up a little bit earlier or sooner in the morning. So yeah, we're just going to start that transition gradually. I'm totally encouraging you guys to try some of these tactics too, um, because if your shorties are like mine, he has gotten very accustomed to um, eliminating these naps that he so dreads. He has gotten very accustomed to staying up a lot later than he normally would when school is in session. So now is the time to start thinking about, all right, let me ease up you know, off of some of the leniency that he has had um, since we've been in this uh, pandemic scenario and since the summer has actually truly hit and um, just get him started thinking about school. I'm also thinking that, you know, let's refresh some of the things that you did get, a, get to accomplish and some of the things that you learned along the way um, during the last school year. And you know what, let me, let me run through some of these drills and let me run through some of these addition and subtraction. And let me see if you still remember how to spell certain words. So I encourage you guys to do that too. Um, part of the conversations we'll be having as it relates to school is, you know what, I'll talk to him about what the new school day will look like. And I'll, you know, hopefully be able to introduce him to his, um, tablet. His school is actually going to issue tablets for um, the pre-K kids. And so I'm really excited about that. So we'll start playing around with the tablet and we'll start running through what, you know, the days will look like. So let that become a part of y'all's conversations too. Um, and then I think that'll just help with the transition. 
There is another thing that I'm super excited about that I have uh, taken on as a project. Um, and I think that it'll make a true difference in how <laughs> the, the school season starts. And that is the fact that I have created his own little space, his own little learning space where he can call it his own and he can put his own stamp on it. And when I say learning space, his own little area, yeah, I've found a spot in the house that has got some sunlight in it. And, you know, I'm calling it his own little office space because he's always laughing and, and wanting to be in my office space, too. So I've created him his own little office space. And, you know, as I've just been sharing um, throughout this particular podcast, I think, you know, I just try and find fun ways to introduce new things so that hopefully they're easily digested by a shorty. So yeah, I've taken on this project of creating his own little space. And I think the first thing that was important for me was figuring out, you know what, where is he going to, what is he going to write on? He can't write on the kitchen table. He can't write on the coffee table. So you know me or you're learning me. I uh, found him a desk and chair set. I think that was my starting point of creating the space for him. And and from there, after I found the desk set, the desk actually is one of those desks that inclines um, and you can lower and raise it so that um, it meets his height needs. And it also gives him a little bit of an angle um, to write on because I've found that it's best for students um, to have the ability to have their desk tilted. Um, so, yeah, I found, a, a, I guess, a desk and a chair set that fits the bill in that space. Um, and then, of course, I started finding pieces that will go along with it. So he's got some storage bins that I just found. And of course, I'm, you know, outfitting it all in Avengers stuff. So I've gotten, you know, the standard school supplies, like the pencils that he needs, paper, um, the ruled paper that we used to all use. But this is the paper that is a little bit wider so that a preschooler can continue to practice and, and shape up their writing skills. Um, I've gotten notebooks um, just for his own doodling. I've gotten the glue sticks, of course. I have found... Um, just some funny racers. And of course, all of this stuff is Avengers themed. So it all is going to coordinate when it all gets here. Um, some of the packages have started arriving already and others of them are on the way, but I can't wait to put it all together and then do an unveiling and make him feel really special about his new space. So yes, create yourself a project, not like you need one other thing on your to-do list, but create a little project so that um, you do have that opportunity to put together that dedicated space where, where they will be comfortable and learning and feel like they have access to all of the stuff that they need throughout the day. And hopefully it will make a difference. I'll keep you guys posted and I'll also share some pictures um, once I get it all set up. But yes, it is Avengers themed. Um, the desk itself is a neutral color, kind of a white and gray scenario or setup. But yes, I will share pictures on the social channels once I get it all set up. And hopefully you guys will be inspired to do your own um, and then share your pictures with me too. Um, another quick idea that I've had, you know, um, as I think about just making that transition um, back to school and, you know, just what it means. And, and now more than any other time or at any other time, yes, we could all use some additional prayer. So I have taken it upon myself to pull together a family prayer call um, dedicated towards back to school. And I sent my family members, cousins and aunts and uncles and my granddad, all of us, parents and everybody included, I sent us all, you know, just a quick um, conference call line number where we can dial in and just spend some time, um, you know, 
20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, just being very specific in our prayers and just covering the educators in our family, covering the parents, covering the kids, and just covering, you know, the the nation itself and our leaders um, as we're headed back and just covering us and asking the Lord to continue to bless us. And, you know, I just think it's really important. I think that will be something too that will stand out in your shorty's mind and certainly help put us on the right track so that we are um, geared and focused and covered as we begin this new walk, this new chapter of schooling. Another idea that I've had for the actual day that school begins, we're going to have a special breakfast that morning and I'm going to let my shorty pick the menu. We'll have his favorite food and I just want to make sure that he's fueled up for his big day. And I just think that'll be really cool to get them involved in what the preparations for starting school looks like. And so, yeah, you may want to have a special breakfast if you can. Um, that'll, that'll help make the shorty's day go hopefully a little bit sweeter and a little bit smoother. Um, another thing that I typically do, and I'm sure most of you guys do too, but go ahead and be sure that you pull out your camera and get some, you know, first day of school pictures. You will be so thankful that you did. I know it's not our traditional set where we'd be, you know, getting on the school buses or hopping in the car and getting ready to make our transition to school. But yes, get a few pictures, even if they are going to be at home doing their virtual learning sessions and in, in, in home sessions of learning, make sure you get some pictures. You want to still document the occasion and you still want to make it special. And yeah, you'll be thankful you did this later. Um, one, another really super easy thing that I'm going to do um, this year is a new tradition, actually, because I should have been doing this, but I am going to um, create a growth chart for my shorty so that I can track, you know, just how much he's growing um, throughout the year. So first day of school, I'm going to take a pencil, find a doorway um, at the house and mark how tall he's grown. I'll mark where he starts at the beginning of the year. And then throughout the year, I'll just kind of do a an eyeball to measure just, you know, how much he's growing, how tall he's getting. And I think it'll be fun at the end of the school year to just mark that growth. So that's something really easy that you guys can can try as well and share with me what you're, what you're doing and what you're learning and how it worked. guys. So that's about it. That's all I have for this episode. Besides, I've got to get a move on and start executing some of the plans that I've put into play for this end of summer bash, as well as finish off on some of my back to school prep. Hopefully I've given you guys some really good ideas and some idea starters for things that you can do. And, and hopefully you'll get your creative juices flowing so that you can make back to school super special for your shorties, especially in the space that we're in. I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. I want to see your pictures. Send me one-liners, send me notes um, via any of our social media presences. You know how to find me um, on Facebook. I am over 40 with a shorty. And on Instagram, you can also find me at that same handle. Mamas, please, please, please continue to send me topics um, sh for show ideas, episode ideas. I love interacting with each of you guys. And I, and I do really appreciate just you guys taking the time out to listen to what's going on in my world. Um, I love the interaction. Please keep it coming. As always, guys, if you have specific questions, you can send them to me via email at tlbrown at over40withashorty.com. 
Again, guys, I do do hope that you have a great school year. I hope that you continue sharing things with me about, you know, things that you're finding as you are doing your in-person school learning, or if you're at home, I certainly want to hear about those things. So please send them my way. Please continue to share. And until the next episode, take care of yourselves and your shorties.